number five this morning. Romans chapter number five. While you're turning there, we've been looking at a few messages recently on the benefits we have in Christ. You may recall that we first looked at Hebrews chapter number four a couple weeks back, understanding the power of the word of God, the priesthood of Christ, and the privilege of prayer and the perseverance of our faith. Last week, we looked at Psalms chapter 103, the benefits of knowing God. We are charged not to forget all of his blessings and his benefits we have as we've accepted his salvation. With that, we have forgiveness of sin. Christ can fix all of our physical, spiritual, and emotional problems. As saved believers, we are freed from the punishment of hell. And we have favor with God. These are just a few things that I mentioned over the past couple of weeks, looking at this idea of benefits. And this morning, I want to focus just on one particular benefit that we have in Christ, and that is the benefit of grace. Again, there's a lot that we could be said, uh, we can look at this morning, things that can be said in dealing and looking at this idea of grace. And uh, again, this morning, I wanted to, to be a reminder maybe to us to understand what it is we know about grace. This morning, again, as we talk about this, have you ever stopped to think about what grace is? How do we define grace? One author said it this way, grace is something, or excuse me, grace is everything for nothing for those who don't deserve anything. Grace is everything, not just a few things, not just the unwanted things, for nothing given to those who do not deserve anything. This morning, every one of us here deserves nothing good. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, how great you think you are, or anything like that, because each and every one of us deserve hell, because we've broken God's law. Again, it's something that we understand, because of God's grace, we have everything. But I want us to look here at Romans Chapter number 5, we're going to be looking uh, verses 1 through 11, but let's just read the first six verses we get started. Romans chapter 5, beginning of verse number 1, says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith unto this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. This morning, again, as we look at this, this idea of grace, we find four benefits just mentioned in our text that we have because of grace. Four benefits of grace. But let's have a word of God as we uh, have a word of prayer. Well, my tongue is getting tied up already and I'm not even started yet. So let's pray, all right? <laughs> Lord, again, we thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for allowing us to meet this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll just calm hearts and minds this morning, that we can focus on what it is you have for us today, this idea of grace. Lord, it's a wonderful subject for us to look at, to think about. Lord, to dwell on a little bit this morning. And Lord, I pray that you would, again, just anoint me this morning. Help me to say exactly what I need to say. Help me to deliver this message you've given to me. Lord, that it would have been encouragement and help to your people. Lord, I ask and pray that, uh, again, those that are here, that they would uh, just open up their hearts and minds to you. Lord, help us 
this morning. Put away everything that, that is distracting us, that's keeping us from focusing on you. And Lord, allow us to, again, just open up our hearts to your will. We love you. We thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for this time we have together. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, there's a, a hymn that we sing oftentimes called Grace Greater Than Our Sins. And I'm sure each one of us could probably quote the words to that song or, or think back on it oftentimes and sing it. But it's got some important words to that song. The first verse of that says, Marvelous grace of our loving Lord. Grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. You know, there's a lot of things that we need to stop and think about what grace does and how it interacts and affects our lives. There's a lot of things that we, we may not look at on a daily basis. When we think about grace, there are certain things that may, may pop up into our mind or, or things that we may focus on, but we need to understand that grace is something that we need every day. Not only do we need a little bit, I want a lot of it. I want as much as I can get, as much as God will give me. Grace is an important part of living the Christian life. How do we get grace? Or how do we have access to grace? The first thing I want you to see this morning, number one, is grace is accessible by faith. It's accessible by faith. Again, verse number two shows us that we have access by faith. It is only through faith that we have access to God's wonderful grace, as we sang about this morning. Uh, couldn't ask for a better song to, for the message this morning. I didn't coordinate that. That's just the way the Holy Spirit works. But again, we sang about God's wonderful grace this morning. And think about that in our own lives. Do we have or do we desire to have wonderful grace. So this brings about a question. To get access, uh, God's access is by faith. What is faith? Faith is the ascent of the mind to the truth of what God has revealed. This is without evidence and without doubt. We have faith in the power of the wind, especially living here in Kansas. We understand what the wind can do. We cannot see the wind, obviously, but we can see the effects of it, right? It's the same way with God. We may not see the Holy Spirit. We may not see things that go on, but we understand that God is there. God does all these things for us and to us. It's because of God's grace and the faith that we have in Him. As a believer, I have seen the effects of God's work in my own life. I've witnessed it, and I've seen it happen in a variety of ways where man could not explain what happened. It had to be God. And it's the same way when we think about this idea of grace and faith in God. But verse number two says we have grace to stand. Where are you positionally in Christ this morning? Have you accepted the free gift of salvation? If so, you are freed from your sin, and you've been looked at as Christ as one of His. That's the best place to be positionally in Christ as one of His children. We have a new life, a new direction. Again, we go back and look at 2 Corinthians 5.17 and what it tells us. We, are once, we were once an enemy of God and now because of our position, we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We know because of our position in Christ that we have a home in heaven. An eternal home, something that cannot be taken away from us. We have been forgiven of all of our sins. We no longer have to worry about death and hell. But what about our posture in Christ? What is it that we are doing for God right now? Are we walking and talking as we should? Are we taking a stand for what we believe as the Bible teaches? Are we pressing forward and serving 
the church and, and looking and reading and studying the Bible as we should. We need to be people of faith that will take a stand for what the Bible teaches. And unfortunately, in today's age, we see a variety of people that are no longer taking a stand as they once did or as they should. They profess to be Christians. They profess to be proclaimers of the Word of God, but yet they don't take a stand for what it teaches. And that goes for us as well. We need to truly take a stand for what we find in the Word of God. To do all that, God gives us the grace to stand. But we also see the grace to rejoice in verse number 2. Besides the blessings and joy we experience now, we can look forward to the blessings of heaven. I'm thankful for my salvation. But I look forward to the day that I can see Jesus face to face. There are many that questions and doubt the existence of God or the blessings of God. But because of that doubt, they cannot enjoy all the blessings of God's grace. With other benefits are mentioned again regarding grace. From our text, we find that number two, grace allows us to glory in tribulation. Look at the first part of verse number three. It says, for not only so, but we glory in tribulation also. It seems anyone can celebrate when things are going well. It's easy to, to say, God is great when everything's going good. What about when times are hard? What about when things become difficult? Are you still able to, to glory in God and all that he's given us? I'm afraid many of us focus on what's happened or what we could have had instead of what has actually delivered us from or what he has blessed us with. We understand Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. It's not that everything is great and wonderful, but whatever it is that God gives us, it needs to bring honor and glory to Him. That is our calling as believers. We must take a stand and again exalt Christ with all that goes on in our lives. We can make it through any trial and difficulty because God's grace will help us. Think of those who have been persecuted for their faith. I've got a couple books in my office that speak of those that have stood strong for their faith that have been persecuted because of what they believe. There have been many people that have decided to take a stand. Again, we can go back and look in Scripture where the apostles again stood at the Sanhedrin Council They'd been beaten and commanded to stop preaching what the Bible and what Jesus had taught them. But in Acts chapter 5, verse number 41, the Bible says, And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. How many of us would say, yes, I would love to suffer shame for his name? I don't know if anybody could raise their hand. I wouldn't necessarily want to raise my hand and say, yes, I'd be happy to do it. I wouldn't be happy, but I would try to do it to my best. Of my ability. Again, it's something that's it's hard to understand. Unless you've been in that position. But they had the grace to rejoice in persecution. Glad that they were looked at as being followers of Christ. There's also those that are in prison. I know men this morning that are in prison right now. That are able to rejoice. Because of what God has done in their life. Can't say that I would want to be in their position. I don't know if I would have the same mentality, the same uh, fortitude to stand strong during that time of being incarcerated. But there have been many that have done that. 
You look at the jail and prison ministry, it's probably one of the bigger ministries that are continuing to grow. Sometimes God's got to get you to your very lowest point for you to look up and see Him. And that's what's happened with a lot of people that are in prison today. But again, you think about Paul and Silas as they were thrown in prison. In Acts chapter number 16, turn back if you would with me. Acts chapter 16. Let's look at verses 23 through 25. Acts chapter 16, starting in verse number 23. says, And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. Stop and think about this for a moment. Uh, again, the prison situation was way different back then. They didn't have a room with a view, TV, and a membership to the gym. They were incarcerated. They were put in prison, left to die. And if nobody looked at them, it didn't matter. This was where they at, but yet they were still able to sing praises to God. They were still exalting Christ and lifting His name up. Hey, Lord, uh, uh, thank you for where you brought me. Now, understand, I'm sure they didn't say, uh, thank you for putting me in prison. But they were still giving God the glory for what had happened in their life. The result was simple. The jailer and his family got saved. Many people heard the gospel message. Uh, they were in prison. They were singing. They were praying. And no doubt they were praising God and all that was going on. And everyone heard them. Everyone got the message. Do we know who all got saved inside that prison? No, but one day, maybe when we get to heaven, we'll find out. But again, even though they were down, they were discouraged, they were in this situation, they still praised God. And you see what happened, people got saved. You may say, well, uh, I've never been persecuted for my faith. I've never been locked up in prison. Those kind of uh, situations really don't apply where I'm at. But think about those that are in poverty this morning. I'm sure each and every one of us have had some lean years financially in our lives. But were we still able to glorify God? Were we still able to exalt Him and thank Him for all that He's given us? Say, well, He didn't give me very much. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Uh, apparently, we didn't die. We didn't do anything else. We are here this morning. So we should be thankful for that. But I want you to look back in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 with me. Again, Paul here was, was trying to remind the church at Corinth of some things that were going on. But here in 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, we find verse number 1. It says, We then as workers together with him beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. God did not give us the grace in vain. He gave us that grace because there are trials ahead. He's given us grace because He wants us to focus to, on Him. He continues on to give a list of various trials and troubles, but also blessings. Look at verse number 10 of chapter 6 with me. It says, As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich, and having nothing, and yet 
possessing all things. As saved believers in Christ, we have far more blessings than we do difficulties. It's a matter of keeping our eyes on the right thing. Stop telling God how big your problem is and start telling your problems how big your God is. Sometimes I think we just get focused on the wrong thing. We get our minds and, and our eyes set on one thing instead of on Christ. And it's easy to start looking at things in a negative connotation. A context that where we only focus on what's bad and not what is good. But Peter shared this same thought in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. It says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. We should glory in tribulation that God has allowed us to endure, because then and only then can we praise him and allow us to get through that difficulty. Next, I want you to see that grace builds the believer. Grace builds the believer. Look back with me, starting in verse number 3 again. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. This is one of those messages that people don't like to hear because it reminds them of the things we must endure. Every believer here wants to be built up. Every Christian I, I would understand and believe wants to mature in Christ. But in doing that, we must go through some growing pains. Just like our physical bodies grow through problems and pains, we must spiritually go through some growing pains as well. We must have more workers because we want more ministries. That's where our, our church has to endure some growing pains. We have to have more workers in the nursery or in, or in children's church or whatever the case because we've got more here and it can become a problem at times. Sunday night we have all the kids staying in service with us. This allows them the opportunity to learn and grow and what it's like to be in church. And again, it may be a little bit more distracting at times, but again, it's a growing pain that we have to endure. As individual believers, we also have spiritual growing pains, and grace is what is going to get us through. Grace is what's going to help us. As we take time to, to draw closer to what the Lord wants us to do, we study Scripture, and we re He reveals that there's some things that we need to, to let go in our life. It's God's grace that's going to allow us to let go of those things. We find some things that we may be doing wrong. And against God's grace, that's going to help us let go of those habits, give them to Christ, and make it through. But notice our text mentions that tribulation worketh patience. Oh, patience, the one thing nobody likes, right? You never pray for patience because you've got to endure those trials of long time to get patience. Uh, I've told you before that uh, we told recently that our granddaughter, we'd always tell her, have patience, have patience. She'd say, I don't like patience, don't like patience. She doesn't like to wait. I would say none of us here like to wait for things. We want things instantly. We want it right now. But God says we're going to have to go through patience. One of the most aggravating sayings that we used to have in the military was hurry up and wait. They would always get us, get going, get going, got to move, got to move, got to move. And then we'd get there, we'd sit and wait. 
Hurry up and wait. That was our slogan. That's what we did a lot of. But again, it brought patience. It gave us that understanding of patience. And recently, we were able to enjoy some of the, the races on the Olympics. I don't know about you, but I, I liked watching them. I liked watching some of the longer races, the 200-meter, the, the, the 400-meter races. Because, again, it gives an understanding of this idea of patience, but also endurance. When they would take off out of the block, and they would be running around the track, they'd come around certain corners, and you'd always see that one guy take off fast and be gone. You think, that guy's never going to make it. He didn't have the endurance to make it to the end. He would take off and fast and, and be running, and people behind would be kind of setting their own pace. They had to have patience. You know, when you're running a race like that, it's easy when you see somebody take off. Oh, I got to catch him. I got to stay up with them. You can't do that. And usually when they came around to the finish line, that guy that took off first was one in the, in the back part of the, the pack, if you would. Because those that had the, the patience, the endurance, they would set their pace as they would come around those corners. Maybe on that, that final 100 meter or 50 meter, they would begin to run faster and faster and faster. Why? Because they've had that endurance. And they are the ones that usually win the race. It's the same way in our Christian walk. We are to run our race with patience. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1 tells us, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and run with patience the race that is set before us. We are to run in this life and run it well. But we must run it with patience. Know that God will give us the patience we need. James chapter 1 and verse number 4. Patience have our perfect work. That ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That word perfect means mature. Patience brings us to a maturity in the experiences we go through. And that is what we find in our next in our text in verse number 4 is experience. When we go through situations, we learn how to, to do things and how not to do things, if you would. It's the idea of maturing. There have been many times I have had to learn the hard way. Recently, I've been trying to frame it and, and finish up my basement. And while I was framing it, I found out how important it is to know where your extension cord is that's plugged into your circular saw. Because if you... Happen to go across that cord underneath the board that you're cutting, sparks have a tendency to fly. And we'll just say my saw has a very short cord on it now. But I've got a plug on it. It still works, amen. <laughs> but again, we've got to understand what it is we're doing. We're maturing, we're learning, we're growing. There are times that we have to endure difficulties because that's how we learn sometimes. Sometimes that's the best way to learn. But God allows us to go through these experiences so we can be a better Christian. So we can serve Him. So we can live for Him. He also allows us to go through them. So we can help someone else that may be going through the same trial. There's a lot of times we go through difficulties. We go through life. And we wonder, why am I going through this trial? Next thing you know, somebody's coming alongside of us that are maybe going through a very similar situation. And we can share with them our experiences. We can tell them what we did or how the Lord directed and guided us. And we can pray for them a little bit more specifically because we've been through it. But through our tribulation, patience and experience brings something far greater. And that is hope. 
Look back at verse 5 with me. It says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Our hope is strengthened because we've had to endure trials and experience things that may not have been easy to go through. But because God brought us through them, it's easier to go through them again. And I never want to go through the, the same trials again or have to endure those heartaches again. But again, as we've gone through it once, maybe the Lord is, is strengthening us that we can go through it again if need be. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 7 says, Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith, and utterance, and knowledge, and all diligence, and in your love to us, that ye may abound in this grace also. As we go through those trials, we can abound in grace. As God leads us through these difficulties, it's because of God's grace. As the hymn writer penned, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. The final benefit I want you to see this morning in our text is that grace offers salvation. Grace offers salvation. Look with me again, starting in verse number 6. It says, And when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man should, would, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have received the atonement. When thinking about grace... Maybe your minds will go back to the acronym of grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. This is exactly what we find in our text this morning. Our minds also may go back to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. Again, it's something that we need to understand that we are saved by faith. And that it only comes through the grace of God as he offers us salvation. Why did God come to earth to die on a cross? So you and I would have a way to be reconciled back to God. Christ died for the ungodly. Every one of us at one point have trespassed in sins. We've gone against God's will. We were without Christ because of our inherent sin nature. I'm thankful that Jesus made a way to escape the penalty of death and hell. That he gave us an opportunity to receive the gift of salvation. Because of God's grace, God's favor shown toward man, we can be atoned for our sins. These are some great benefits. But some people believe that they have to wait to get to heaven to enjoy them. We have joy because of salvation. But it's not something we have to wait to enjoy. It's not something that we have to wait till we get to heaven to think about. It's something we can enjoy right now. As verse 11 says, by whom we have now received. 
once we've accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, then we can receive those benefits. We can receive those blessings. We can understand more of that grace that God has given us. And I'm thankful I don't have to wait. I don't have to wait till I get to heaven to, to understand that. But I can receive those blessings and share those with other people. Again, that's how others get saved, is that we share the blessings of God that He has given us. And they overflow out of our life into other people. I mentioned earlier one of the hymns that we sang, Grace Greater Than Our Sins. That final verse says, Marvelous, infinite, matchless grace, freely bestowed on all who believe. You that are longing to see His face, will you this moment His grace receive? A simple message of salvation. Will you receive that gift? Will you receive that blessing of grace that God has shown toward all of mankind? This morning, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to accept that marvelous, infinite, matchless grace. As we bow our heads and close our eyes this morning, do you know that you are a sinner and that someone needs to pay for that sin debt you owe? Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins and for mine. But we must surrender our lives to Him and ask Him to save us. If you've never done that and you want to know more about that, I want to invite you to come down this morning and let's take the Bible and show you what that means. But if you are saved, do you understand that we experience God's grace on a daily basis? Do you realize it and give God the glory? This morning, again, is the benefit of grace. I'm going to ask that we all stand to our feet. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed this morning. Maybe if the Lord has spoken to your heart about something. When I come to the altar this morning, and again, just take time to pray. Ask the Lord to help you to understand this benefit of grace. What is it that God has given us because of grace? What is it that we enjoy because of grace? Why not ask the Lord this morning to help you understand that? He gives us the grace we need to make it through trials. He gives us the grace we need to make it through a variety of situations. He gives us the grace we need for salvation. This benefit of grace is so important. Do we thank God for it? Do we understand its full benefits? God's grace is greater than all of our sins.
Again, I certainly appreciate you being here this morning. And I thank God for His grace and what He's been able to do and how He's helped us go through the trials that we've endured, how we have to deal with the situations that He's placed us in. But we need to remember to thank God for His grace and all that He does for us. Don't forget next week, um, we've got Brother Taylor Gillespie that's going to be with us. Again, we're celebrating 40 years of ministering here in Oswatomie. It's been a long time. But again, it's something we can't look back on but it's something, again, as we continue, we need to continue to do, continue to serve, continue to do what God wants us to do. Amen? It's been great. Why don't you have a seat this morning?